Welcome to Spread the Word Now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The Lord Jesus declares, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is my earnest prayer that as you receive the ever-living word, the brokenhearted will be healed, there'll be liberty to the oppressed, recovery of sight to the spiritually blind, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that the words you hear will not be persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith will not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Hi folks, my name is George, and the title is My Covering the Holy Spirit. For the next few minutes, we're going to be talking about what the Apostle Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, and on into chapter 5, up to verse 10. First of all, get a piece of paper and a pen to record the scriptures that will come. Remember, you are instructed to test the information you hear to see if it aligns with the Word of God. This is how you become strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It's especially important to have a secure understanding of your position before the throne. Knowing your righteous standing gives you boldness and confidence to totally expect God to watch over His Word to confirm it when you speak it. As a Christian, you are called to confront the enemy on behalf of the sick, the lame, the crippled, the blind, the oppressed, the lost, the abused. First, I want to share with you the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Inviting him into your life is the most important step you can make to help you in your walk with Jesus. Here are a few verses to encourage you to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Remember, God said in John 3.16, God told Jesus to say, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. God loved the whole world. Now we hear about the Holy Spirit as a promise from the Father. And the prophet Joel said the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. And that's exactly what Peter said on the day of Pentecost. Peter also said, the promise is available to you and me even today. Yet the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit because it does not know him. John chapter 14 verse 17 says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you, in you and in me. Now why was the Holy Spirit sent? There are many reasons that we have the promise of the Holy Spirit, and the one I want to talk about now is that he is sent to teach us about Jesus, about our beautiful friend. John chapter 15, verse 26 says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, this is Jesus talking, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Again in John 16, verses 13 to 16, Jesus also says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. 
for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. That's Jesus talking. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus continues, All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I say that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Well, what does the Holy Spirit say to us about Jesus? In 1 John, says Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. The Holy Spirit says that in Jesus, the Father's love is revealed. Also, Jesus has given me, the Holy Spirit says, Jesus has given you and me the same glory and honor that his Father gave him. And in Acts, it says, In Jesus I live and move and have my being. All this is the Holy Spirit's coaching. Now, there's four states of a person, of a Christian development. The first state is, I was a sinner. In my body, I was a sinner. My soul controlled the body and always did the works of the flesh. Now, the second state is I am saved. The Holy Spirit drew me to Jesus and I reside in my body. My spirit now is in touch with God. My spirit and my soul fight to control the body. And in this state, I could be called a carnal Christian, only able to handle the milk of God's word. And we find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, and then it goes on. Now the third state of a Christian is walking in the spirit while living in this body, in this natural realm. My spirit is clothed in the Holy Spirit. My flesh is crucified with Christ. The Holy Spirit and my spirit can make this body do what the Holy Spirit hears from the Father to do. In this state, we become mature Christians who can handle the meat of God's word. And my fourth state is my spirit and my soul. That's the invisible components of me, the components that live forever. We stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And in this state, we don't need the Holy Spirit. There's no need for a covering of the Holy Spirit because we are in heaven. The fleshly body has passed away. Now, here's a couple of scriptures to support this before we get into our 2 Corinthian uh, scriptures. In 2 Peter, Peter writes about the Apostle Paul. Also, our dear beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things which are some things hard to understand. Peter is saying that Paul's writing come from the revelation that he received from Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 6 to 7, it says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. 
It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives me, lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loves me and gave himself for me. Now, let's go on to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is where we aim to go right from the start. Verses 16 to 18. Paul writes, Therefore we do not lose heart. And the word we means the spirit person inside the body. He says, Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Now that's an interesting comment. He's looking at things which are not seen. He's looking with the eyes of his heart, the eyes of the Spirit, not the eyes we have in our head. He goes on, For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, you know that when Paul wrote his letter, he didn't have page breaks or chapter breaks. He didn't have capital letters at the start of a sentence and period at the end of a sentence. So let's just move on into chapter 5 and continue the thought. Verse 1. Paul writes, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, yes, the word we stands for the spirit component Paul's talking about. Our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed. It's crucified with Christ. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now Paul's talking about the covering of the Holy Spirit on us, like a nice warm blanket on a cold day. We have a covering of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to talk about it. Verse 2, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven, the Holy Spirit. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. Now our spirit component in us needs a spiritual covering, and it's not going to be found naked when the Holy Spirit covers us, descends on us. He goes on, verse 4, For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. And, and that's true. When we're in the Holy Spirit, we groan for more of the Holy Spirit, more of all the Spirit has as He compasses us and covers us. Here, verse 5. Now He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, yes, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Have you got that? The Spirit is a guarantee, like a down payment. Now, verse 6. For we are always confident, Paul writes, always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Yes, we understand that. He says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, 
well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And that's true. It's so much better to be present with the Lord, but the covering of the Holy Spirit gives us everything we need for living in this world and being the ministers of the gospel of God. Now, verse 9. Therefore, we make it our aim, Paul says, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, to the Father. We're well-pleasing to the Father when we're absent and in this natural realm, covered in the Holy Spirit. We're well-pleasing to the Father when we are with him. We're present with him. Verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, it says. And in that appearing before the judgment seat of Christ, we don't need the covering of the Holy Spirit. We have moved into our promise, into our inheritance. We are with Christ. The Holy Spirit is the Trinity component in this world. I hope it makes sense, the four stages. Now, we want the Holy Spirit. We groan for the covering of the Holy Spirit because he will reveal all things to us about Jesus. We have an unimaginable gift, and his name is the Holy Spirit. He's like a cloak, a covering about us, and we groan for more of him. He's always here. Many times our spiritual bodies even sense his presence, and we desire for more. This is God's great plan for you and for me.